today on Cigars in the Barn, we have a very special guest. My father-in-law, Kenny, has a cigar in the barn with us. Listen in on the conversation we had and lessons we learned from it. Just for reference, Matt's smoking an earthy Alec Bradley, American Sun Grown. Kenny has a smooth Romeo e Giulietta Reserva Real, and I enjoy a fruity CAO Italia. Welcome to our barn, where we're smoking premium cigars, living the country life, and equipping ourselves with the tools necessary to stand up to the pressures of compromise and tolerance. This is Cigars in the Barn. What kind of decor you think we should get in here, Kenny? First step is to get a little um, a cooler and with some beer in it. Okay. okay. If you want to upgrade, we could plug a little refrigerator in. Okay. Because okay, it is going to get hot. And those are pretty inexpensive. Yeah. We can get a decent one for, you know, what, less than 100 bucks? Well, I'm trying to keep it clean. I, I, I raked it out today. I gave the pigs all the all the rakings, and they like to roll around, and sometimes they eat the, the grass and stuff that comes out of it. But I cleaned out all their stalls. As you can see, the giant pile of junk that's out there from all their stalls and stuff. So You think we should have regular chairs set up in here, or we should use the uh, hay bales? Well, Chip's sitting on the hay bale, so it's not, not an issue. And then you gave me the most comfortable chair, so I can't complain I did. right now. Well, you're the guest. Yeah, you're the yeah. guest. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm good. You're in the hot seat. I'm, I'm good. Right? <laughs> hey, you know what? I have no complaints about this hay bale. It's, it's actually is more, more comfortable than you would think. Yeah. And uh, I'm all for sitting on a hay. I got to check the pigs out. I heard they got big. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll have to definitely walk over there. Now, my dad showed me, and I don't know if you were around, Chip. We um, cooked some pigs right now backyard. I mean, you did a food. pig roast for our after wedding party. You yeah. did a whole pig roast. Okay, yeah. Because it's traditional in your family that we mm-hmm. do right. a pig roast and all the family comes over. And I learned how to do it. I mean, it's all, it's all in a marinade. You take that uh, that marinade and you just create it the day before, two days before. Spread that pig out. You you know you spread him right out. His legs open, his yeah. arms open, and then you just inject them with this marinade. Just every which I mean, obviously he's dead already. Right, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen a few in Hawaii. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, but no, every culture has it. Well, I mean, they're, they're different. They're different. Yeah, yeah. You put him in the ground with rocks and mm-hmm. everything. So he's all injected, and we put him in a baggie, and we put him in the refrigerator, and the next day. Uh, we take them out and uh, we spread them out on a chain link gate yep. on a gate, and then we close, put them on the gate, and then tied them up to the tied gate. Tied the chain link with some wire, and then yeah. uh, had cylinder blocks. And well, first we put the charcoal on the ground, get it right temperature and everything, and then uh, cylinder blocks, four cylinder blocks, and on the gate you have the poles extended, so everybody has a handle when you're ready to flip this thing. So you lay them on the cylinder block, and then you have a rake. So you can keep constantly moving the charcoal around, and you flip, you know, a couple hours, an hour later, you flip them around with the, on the chain link, and keep flipping them every couple hours. Yeah. And then I've done it with a, a rented rotisserie. Uh, we've done it that way. Um, what was yeah. your favorite? Uh, on the chain link fence, because it was simple, it wasn't, you know, it, it was a cool effect. It was really cool because like about the experience. You're doing you're doing it in your backyard, and yeah. you, you basically have this pig that's just filleted open. And just arms out, like he was saying, it's just like kind of sprawled out. And he's just chain link fence. I mean, nice. you can't get any simpler yeah, than that. Yeah, and I kept, I kept that gate. It's underneath an old truck I have in the back. 
I mean, once you heat it up, it's 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 sterile. It's so, yeah, it's so, clean enough. Yeah. So in other so in other words, when we're two or three pigs deep, next time we'll go do one of those. Yeah. Well, well we're mean, gonna get an extra one. And exactly. We'll do, a, we'll, do a, we'll do a pig roast. We'll, we'll have a, a big luau and yeah, and just we'll hang do, out. We'll definitely do a pig roast. That, that sounds great. Perfect. That'd be fun. Because that's easy. Because you don't have to butcher the pig. You, you, just, you eviscerate it, yep. and you get all the the guts out, mm-hmm. and you're ready to cook. Exactly. That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. That's the easiest way to go about it. Yeah, that's the way we, we should. We don't have to worry about butchering or nothing. Exactly. Yep. Well, so far, I'm liking my Italia. This is dark. Yeah? It's deep. Really? It's good earthy tones. It's good. See, cigar, it's not like smoking a cigar. I used to smoke cigarettes, you know, 20 years ago. You smoke one, and then you put it out, and then you go smoke another one. Cigar, you just light it up, and you enjoy it. Yep. yep. Exactly. Enjoy it, and I mean this thing. It's well, that's the difference because when you're smoking a cigarette, you're looking for the nicotine. Exactly, quick fix or a calm down or whatever you want to call it. A cigar, you're looking for flavors, you're looking for experience, you're looking right. for exactly what we're doing here is sitting and talking. I mean, like I was telling you, I, I attribute our good relationship to cigars because how often do father-in-laws and son-in-laws have enough time to sit and just talk about we talk we used to talk about all sorts of stuff we used to talk about god god jesus you know we listen to sermons while we're while we're smoking a cigar we play chess we would um talk about just life i think i I took you on the last game you did Uh, you're up one yeah Uh, chip and i had some heavy competition on chess games yeah we uh we can go at least an hour and a half to two hours per game because we're very meticulous and you got me you got me a nice uh board Chessboard, yeah, uh, Christmas. I think yeah, one year. a few years ago, and right on the box it said "not made by child labor." I got to show you the the board one day when you come on. Yeah, over. I want to see it. Uh, it's really nice. It's something I could pass on to my kids, and go. they could pass on to their kids. It's just you could tell it was made with uh, care and love. And, yep, and, and that's it's hard to find good quality stuff like that anymore. And that's why I had to buy it. Yeah. I had to get it. It's it's big. It's got good weighted pieces. Nice. I mean, if you like chess. You like a good board? It's it's a it's a great board, and we've played several games on that. Smoked several cigars while playing chess, uh, doing that, and we'll sit there and not even say a word for yeah. two hours straight. And we we <laughs> have we have a way of just kind of ignoring everything and everybody around us. <laughs> when we're playing. The, right? The food's ready. All right, bring it. <laughs> yeah, we're we're in the middle of something, and in every five minutes, Cassie will be sticking her finger. Are you ready to go yet? You ready to go yet? I'm not even hearing a thing she's saying. I'm setting up my defense. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting yeah. ready for his attack. Right. You know, you got to play to your opponent. Of course. So, I stopped smoking for a while. I started getting a cough. It was my fault. I was a dummy because I get out of work and trying to be cool, like you know, uh, Sopranos. Oh, okay. Okay, so you remember uh, the head guy, and he died, but he always had a cigar in his mouth and mm-hmm. he was driving. So I'd get out of work, 3.30, and I'd light, first thing I'd do, because, you know, I had a lot of tension sometimes at work, I'd light up a cigar. But stupid me, I'd leave the window rolled up. See, you're hot boxing. That's what they call it. Man, I'd come out coughing, and then, you know, after a couple months of doing that, I'd, uh, I'd just stop smoking. And I guess I'm, uh, I'm okay now, so. So I never, I never really got to ask you. You grew up in New York, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How long did you live in New York? Until I was like 23. I came out here in 83. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, about 23, yeah. Nice. Came out here for aerospace work. Plenty of aerospace work out here. And, uh, again, talking Republicans, Democrats. We, we had a, a Democrat 
came into office, canceled the B-1 bomber. That was Carter. And then Republican came in, Reagan, Ronald Reagan, uh, came in and said, no, we're going to need 100 B-1 bombers. And, you know, by the way, those Iranians that, uh, that have our hostages, uh, I don't know how oh, instantly they were all free. Which, right. by far, Reagan is my favorite president. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe yeah. other than Trump right now. But. Yeah, but no messing around. It was just everything, boom, boom, boom. And the same thing right now. Trump was like a kid in the toy store. Hey, I'll take 30 F-35s, I'll take 20 of those tanks, and I'll, the economy's booming right exactly. now. I mean, yeah, it's took a little dive this last week, but you can't, oh, not last week, for the last month now. But you really can't blame him. Who, who in the world... I blame China for creating yeah. this mess. 100%. 100%. Yep. China. They created this mess, and, and then they, now they're backpedaling it, and now they're saying, oh, well, we maybe we found something to help with it. But, you know, you, you, you didn't tell the whole world about this problem for two, three months, so we're already behind for two, three months. Now, you, now all of a sudden you have a, some kind of cure, and then for, you have to use some kind of exotic uh, plant that... You so happened that you're the only one that grows it, so now we got to pay you to get this plant. Right. Uh, you know, this whole thing it's is all real fishy, shady. Yeah. It's, yeah, no, it's yeah. it's definitely fishy. Well, you were telling me some statistics that were saying if yeah. if China would have said something or done something, mm-hmm. uh, what were those? What were those? They said if, if China would have recognized and, and tried to fix the problem before it became a problem everywhere else, I think it was like three to four weeks before it became out, came out, they could have reduced the spread by 95%. And then even if they would have done it two weeks before, it was like 65%. So we wouldn't be dealing with this headache that we're dealing with right now if they would have spoken up and just said, hey, look, the doctor that, that was the whistleblower, he ended up dying because they didn't want to help him because he's the one that said, hey, we got a problem here. Yeah. And, and then he's kind of the one that alerted everybody to say this is what's going on. And, right. you know, we're not experts. We're just throwing it around, what we see and, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on and... We're dealing with it. We're dealing with it. I mean, we got no choice. Yeah. We just, it's just how it is. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy. That's the other thing and I don't understand is water, okay? I know. I go to my my backyard, and my spigot works. And I can have all the water I want. And I'll pour it on my work. head. And I'll drink out of my garden hose just as I did since I've been four years old, five years old. Same here. And I, I'm still alive. You know, I've got plenty of hair on my chest. <laughs> right. i got no problem. You know, now Pam, oh, it doesn't taste good. Come on. You're thirsty, you're going to drink you're that gonna, water. You're going to drink. You know how you fix that problem? You just pour a little vodka in it. Yeah. Pour a little whiskey in it. You'll never know the difference. Well, it'll kill all the microbes. Exactly, you're good. We have a well. We're pumping the yep. freshest water that America can bring you yep. Yep. right under the bosom of our land here. And that's what's fantastic. And it we tastes have, just we, fine. We have great water. Yeah, I've been on so many jobs and you know, a customer that doesn't hasn't provided water for you. It hasn't, you know, you just you're thirsty. It's 110 degrees yep. out. You look and there's a hose right there. Yep. You put the hose on, and I'm pouring water on your head. You're pouring water on my head, and I'm drinking some out of the spigot. I'm still alive. Yep. Okay. So where's the water shortage? You take this for what it is, but I remember being a kid, and I would, you would be so thirsty playing as a kid that you don't want to run home to get water. No. I would drink it out of the gutter. Not the safest thing in the world. But I'm still alive. Yeah? I mean, who knows now because it's a lot different. But well, you're disgusting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it is what it is. But, you know, it, it just, it, you were thirsty. As right. a kid, you're like, water? Thirst? Done. And I, I told her already, look, plan B on this corona stuff, okay? If I get so sickly or any problem like that, just do me a favor. Don't send me to the hospital. 
Put something in my medicine the night before, so I'm already drowsy. And take a pillow to my head. That's it. Just quick just, and fast, done and over with. You got life insurance, you know. Yeah, you're, you're covered. She would be covered. Yeah, she be covered. We'll, life insurance. You know, she'll get older. We'll take care of her. No problem. You, you know what? I, I was expecting her to, to say, you know, honey, if I get sick, you could do the same thing. She she shut her mouth. She was, <laughs> she, she wasn't willing. She, to, she wasn't going to. She go. wasn't going to sign up for that plan. Yeah, yeah. So in other words, when we get that phone call that you're no longer with us, we know what happened. We know, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You know what? I'm not a I'm not a burden to anybody. That's right. If I can't carry my weight, I can't pay the bills. Just just there you go. take covered. me out back, put a pillow over my head, and I lived a good life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know where you're going. So yeah, and I know where yep. I'm going. It's not a concern. Yep. How would you say when, you know, the, the life in New York as opposed to life in California, what, what's the biggest contrast that you've seen? Well, it used to be when I first came out here, it was like a lot of freedom. You could do just about anything. You know, you can go in, the, you can go in your backyard and shoot your gun, go dirt bike riding, you can do anything. I mean, I used to ride my horse, go to one bar and then go to the next bar, tie up. I mean, you still can do that, but... It just everything is they're cracking down. I mean, you know, it just it is what it is. In New York, you know, I always push the limit anyway, so everything's good. You know, you just you have to live within the parameters that you're given. You like it or you don't like it. You just got to live. What are you going to do? Walk around uh, grumpy and and you know pissed off? You just you know they 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 tell you you can't do that. You can't do that. So right. what? When I grew up. We didn't have seatbelt laws. We didn't have, kids didn't have to, and you know, Cassie, she gets upset when I take the, my grandkids. I just throw them in the back, in, not in the back, but I throw them, just we throw have, them in the truck. We right. throw them in the bed and, a couple and, times. Yeah, and they, You're not going very far. They, right. And we're, I, we're not I, driving I, on major streets here. I, yeah, I think that's how I grew up, and the kids are just, you know, you get pulled over, you know, it's a big ticket, but, you know, it was a different era then. You just didn't, didn't have to have all that. I, I see it. I see it because there's some foolish people that are just going to start driving reckless, recklessly right. and without the comprehension of, you know, yeah, I got little kids in here. You know, that stupid sticker you're going to put on the back of your car ain't going to do anything. No. Like, right. Kids on board. So, yeah. so, why, so why, why are you doing 120 miles an hour? <laughs> exactly. And you just cut a red light. You know, you got to have common sense, too. Yeah. And then we, we, uh, we had a small business and we have trucks. And all of a sudden, you know, these trucks have been, engines have been replaced and through the years, and they, they, to this day, they'll start right up for you. But they're outlawed in California because they're not carb compliant. They're not to California standards. Well, there's a lot of companies that took a big hit from that. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, the yes. water company. The water companies, the people, they're trying to get water to these houses because not everyone's well works anymore because the water, the, you know, the, the tables are, are changing. Yeah. But uh, a lot of the other people on the north side of the freeway mm-hmm. have a lot of those problems. And I don't think they realized that it was going to have that big of an impact on the small business. Not that they would have cared mm-hmm. if they would have realized it. They don't care. They don't care. You know, the, the politicians don't care. They just want to make sure we're green and whatever. Like, but yeah. you got to give a timeline to this. You can't just say, December, you're done. And you're like, because you had to shut down your business. Because yeah. of basically, oh, yeah, because yeah. you can't move your trucks. Yep. Yeah, after uh, what two thousand, you can't really, you can't register them. It's not right. really, you just can't. And then you can't sell them because who's going to buy them if they know they they can't be registered? Exactly. So you have to try to sell them out of state. Right. And that's then that's a huge problem because no one's looking for stuff out of state as much because yeah. uh, they don't want to have to travel yeah. to, to come pick this thing so. up. So it really put a lot of small business owners, especially when they were talking about transportation. You know, obviously, you Kenny had a moving company. We can't. 
well, what are you supposed to do? You're, you're really just stuck with a huge amount of assets, but you can't sell them. So are they really assets? No. Yeah. But they're going to see you. You know, If you get sued, you're going to see them as assets, and they're going to exactly. take them away from you, but you can't do anything with so them. So everybody that had been working for me, you know, had to tell them, you know, you know guess what? you got to find another job. you got to yeah. work somewhere you else. you had people that worked for you for 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a, that's obviously a big a, a big problem that they didn't think about, which, like I said, maybe they did and they just don't care, which mm-hmm. I would agree with probably a little bit as well, um, the yeah, effect so, that that had. So, you know, you, you go get another, you get a regular job yeah, and um, you just, you just got to just do what you got to do. It's sad, too, because, you know, having the, the trucking business, we move banks, corporations, but we also moved a lot of elderly into the old folks' home, and they all just lined up along the hallways in wheelchairs and chairs, just looking at, look, just looking dazed and confused, and like life is over. What's life worth living anymore? Yeah. And then you move them, come back a couple months later, you move them into a different, a different department or different building in, in within that complex. Would they would provide more care for them? Okay, and then you come back like a year later, and they tell you, well, if the person passed away, can you? take all their belongings and um, and just box them up and get rid of it. And you'd go through these people's stuff and you see diplomas, you see family pictures. Mm-hmm. They didn't have any family left or the family just didn't care about it. So yeah, you just, it's all for nothing. Yeah. It, it really isn't, you know, the guy's 80 years old or the woman's 80 years old. They don't have anybody or anything. What do they have is a diploma and these pictures and guess what? Somebody's going to be years later just throwing it all in the dumpster. Yep. Because that's all it's worth. Mm-hmm. It's just going to go. Your, all your crap, all your guns, all your, your stuff. Someday, somebody like me is just going to come. You know, hey, he was a nice guy, but we got to throw it away. That's what it is. Well, and that's what that's the meaning of life, right there. Is to make a, a, a legacy. Is to influence as many people as possible. Promote a certain type of lifestyle. And honestly, if 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 the only thing that my life amounts to is raising good kids that can take the next generation further. I'm okay with that. You know, my, my parents, they told me one day, you know, right before I got married, they said, we really feel like our purpose on this world was to raise you and your brother. And that was it. If that's all that it is, is to push another generation forward. That's going to be a real man. That's going to take care of a family. That's going to do whatever they need to do to self-sufficient, self-sufficient not lifestyle, depend, not dependent on the yep. government. Exactly. Not, not, they say, no, it's, I'm not going to be that. You know, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to keep traditional values. And if that's all that it is for me, that's all that it is for me. It, make a difference in someone else's life. So now everybody, a lot of people are saying, oh, what's the government going to do for me? What's the, how is the government going to fix this? Well, I don't know, you know, and they can't, they can't keep printing, printing money so that we're just going to have hyperinflation where a, cup, a, a can of beer or a cup of coffee instead of being $5 now is $100 right. because the, they just keep printing and printing money. This is not backed by gold anymore. Right. Then, um, you know, another big thing that because of this economic breakdown, you're saving up money um, in your 401k and all of a sudden you, you had X amount of dollars in it. And then now, two weeks ago, you look at your 401k, you look at your balance, and it's cutting almost in a half. And you said, hey, what happened? Mm-hmm. Well, stock market crash and this and that. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. But, you know, I still got food in my refrigerator and um, I got gasoline I could put in my tr- cars and trucks. You know, everything's good, you know, in, in relationship. You know, my health is still good. Yep. That's what really matters to right. you. Right.
Yeah, that's true. I mean, we, we sometimes take for granted with what we're blessed with. You yeah, know, yeah, very much Just so. to have good enough health to get out of bed, good enough health to go to work, good enough job to be able to keep going to work. It's yeah. not really any of the frills of life. Um, and that's what we're trying to do around here is, is take a step back, slow down a little bit, and not worry so much about this stuff. Ultimately, God's in control. Exactly. Of, of, of everything. He's sovereign. Everything's going to be just exactly the way it's supposed to be. Maybe it's not great. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. But it's going to be exactly what it's supposed to be mm-hmm. at this time. Yeah. And we, we don't have to hoard because, I don't know, Pam always had plenty of canned goods, yeah. plenty, of food, plenty of food in the house. So, I mean, literally, we don't, I don't have to go to the supermarket for another month if I don't want to. Exactly. You know, it's such a small town in a sense. Pam told me two days ago, I don't know where she was, somewhere locally, and uh, she was driving her, the car or my truck, and, she, and the, the person said, oh, is your husband's name Kenny? She said, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. She didn't. She didn't. She didn't further the conversation and ask. You know, how how do you know him? Or just everybody knows everybody yeah. out here by their truck. Yeah, generally speaking. You're, yep. You're the guy that drives the flatbed Dodge Ram. Yep. I, I mean, you, people have come up to me now. Oh, you you, you drive the 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 Ford F two fifty that's the mm-hmm. V ten the Triton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that that's us. It's yep. kind of a greenish blue color. That was, well, that was my baby when I bought it. You know, I had the previous truck just before that was a Silverado, which Cassie always wanted a Silverado. Still does. Yeah. So the problem with that Silverado was a 454, and I beefed it up. and All illegal now, probably. Right. I put took the smog pumps out and put a nice uh, cam in it, and that thing was quick. It was 454. The problem was going downhill, you might get four or five miles to the gallon. Right. You're going uphill, you're, you're down to three or two miles. This diesel... You know, for the longest time, it was getting me 17, 18 miles right. to the gallon. Which is fantastic, especially for a super heavy truck like that. Yeah, it was just phenomenal. Yeah, you're That's right the other thing, too, in this state, which I don't like. Uh, it's a ripoff in sense of uh, how much they tax the fuel. Yeah. I'm, I was in Oklahoma again two weeks ago, and I actually, fuel was, uh, I don't know, dollar fifty nine a gallon. Right. And over here is like three fifty a yeah, gallon. Yeah, three fifty, three sixty. Kentucky okay. right now. Has a place that's ninety nine cents. You see what I'm saying? It doesn't make it, it, it doesn't make sense. What are we getting out of it? And I, I have a you know a nice Harley too, and I take good care of it. And I like to drive it if I'm going to ride it on the weekends. I don't have to deal with the uh, commuting, the traffic right. commuting back and forth, and just enjoy the, the the nice windy roads and just relax. Get there when you get there. You enjoy the ride. It's not one of those ninja bikes when you, right. you want to do a Where you're pushing the limits every single time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's too stressful. Way too stressful. Bikes are meant for sitting back and cruising. It, it's, a, it's a leisure vehicle. It, you're supposed to sit back and relax. We, uh, when I went to Oklahoma a couple weeks ago, no helmet laws in Oklahoma. Right. Okay, so I, I left the helmet at home just to, just to get that feel. Because when I first moved to California, there was no helmet laws. And uh, but I, when I used to commute to El Segundo every day on that 405 freeway, um, I felt like a road warrior. I mean, it was just a matter of you know the traffic was dead still, and you're splitting traffic, and it was just a matter of not if something was going to happen. It was just a matter of when something would happen. I right. get to work, my hands would be shaking, and because um, you know you're splitting traffic for 30 miles. Yeah. 
pretty much. El Segundo, you know, by the airport. And, you know, I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. Now, Texas has an interest in law, supposedly, I mean, I... You don't again. You don't have to have a helmet there as of 2020, but if you get pulled over of riding a motorcycle without a helmet, what they want to see is that you have proof of uh, health insurance. Really? So they don't have to. If you get brain damage or you get all messed up, they don't have to. Pay. <laughs> really? And the same thing when I first moved out here in '83, no helmet laws. So me and my girlfriend at the time, uh, we went to uh, took a cruise down to Mexico. So we got into Mexico, and I probably told you the story before, Chip, and then uh, there's no helmet laws. There was, supposedly, there's helmet laws in Mexico. So I get pulled over within 20 minutes of riding to Mexico. But I like their way of justice. So the cop said, you know, it's $20 or $10, I forget. Gave him a $10 bill, and I was good for the day. <laughs> From what I hear, it's still the same thing, but the price has gone up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, it's, now it's $20. Yeah. Yeah. Needless to say, I didn't, I didn't. I stopped my journeys down south. Um, yeah. Which is probably a smart thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have my like a car that I had basically as a kid, muscle cars, and I still have one. I, I, it's a 1970 El Camino. It's beautiful. You open up the hood, there's nothing to it. you got... Distributor cap, plugs, wires. I mean, I don't see a smog pump on it. No. You know, it's got headers on it. And mm -hmm. I mean, sounds good, runs good, and it's faster than hell. Yep. What do you think so far? I mean, so far, this one, still lots of spice. There's not a whole lot of creaminess. There's not a whole lot of nuttiness. I like it. I mean, the burn is great. The ash is great. Um, I don't have to think about it. The draw is perfect. I have no complaints about this. Yeah, this, this American Alec Bradley that I'm smoking. Good. Good burn. It's uh, it's quite tasty, very earthy. Very earthy. Very earthy. Which yeah. I would imagine. It's it's definitely a um, a light to medium. Tastes great. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, especially sitting here talking to Kenny. Why mm -hmm. not? Yeah, yeah. I what you, you know, you guys are ex um, experimenting and uh, you're trying this, trying that. See, my box is loaded with stuff that I like. That's perfect. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so when I grabbed this one uh, a couple hours ago out of my box, I knew I was gonna like it. There you right? go. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. The beauty of it is you know what you like. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's what's awesome about you know we were talking about it yesterday or the other day. The great part about smoking cigars is you can experiment. You don't have to just stick to one yeah. if you don't want to. When you find the one that you like, you stick with that one and, and you smoke that one. Well, now that we know what you like, we'll make sure that we've got some of those for you whenever you come over. You want to know when my birthday is? And uh, sure, which social security number? It's in June. <laughs> it's in June. It's yeah. in June. Okay. I know that. June sixteenth. June eleventh. Ah, so close. Oh, so close. Well, well I guess I'm not we know, supposed to know. That, I guess what we know what we're going to be doing on that day. Well, my birthday's coming up next. So. Uh -huh. Yeah, your birthday's Saturday. coming up next Saturday. week. Saturday. Saturday. Yep, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, we should have had two cakes today. No, I want my own cake. No, but I'm sharing with my daughter. But that's the beauty is we have, you know, we have we have his daughter's birthday yeah. today, and then we have his birthday next well, week. We I do see, it again. I see my daughter's birthday as really the practice run for yeah, my birthday. There you right? go. There so you go. the only difference is I'm not going to be barbecuing the food. You guys are. Yeah, I shouldn't. See, I shouldn't have to barbecue this food. Well, you guys are going to barbecue this get food. Some Dominoes or something. My birthday is that work. I mean. Yeah. I guess. And we got another option. My birthday is in February, February 22nd. We my, didn't do anything for it, by the what, way. But that's okay. But my daughter's birthday is March 1st, my, my newest born. We had her birthday party on my birthday. That's true. I that thought that was kind of cool, though, because I got to share my birthday with my daughter. You know, I, I, her birthday Yeah, party, so. I mean, I think that's... I think that's fair. And it was her first. Yeah. So it was kind of nice. Was, yeah, yeah, nice yeah. the kids really enjoy their birthdays. And, and, you know, Pam really stepped it up, um, my wife. 
this year. I mean, she just went crazy making everything from scratch. I mean, she, she took that sewing machine out of the closet and she's just going at it yeah i mean i had to skip a couple like i said i had to skip <laughs> breakfast and lunch but i said you know can she go oh you like it you like it i said good job good job i'll eat tomorrow but okay. but, <laughs> but the beauty is look at look how happy cadence oh, yeah. was when she and didn't co- she didn't really spend that much yeah. money on the that's some, and that's, and she that's did, the key and that's she did a key. great job with it too yeah. so. my my motto has always been when you're buying gifts <clears throat> or doing gifts um, always go for something that you would never buy yourself. Exactly. You know, if you're gonna something that my wife would never buy herself, that's what I'm gonna get her. And usually it's something that's handmade. Usually it's something that's personalized yeah. or something right. along those lines. Yeah. So when everyone asks me like, what should I get? What should I get this person for their birthday? Just get them something that they would never buy themselves. I'm not gonna buy her a vacuum cleaner because she'll buy a vacuum cleaner when she's ready for another vacuum. Right. Cleaner. I think exactly. your wife needs a nice new 12 gauge. Okay. Okay. She would never buy that herself. That's so what I'm saying. You know, that's, that's a great you know point. What? I never thought about it. You know that what? Way. You've opened a whole new world for me. <laughs> I was telling Chip when I went to uh, Dominican Republic a few years back, everywhere you go, they would have people just like a, a stand, and, the, oh, you want to buy a cigar? And they roll it right there for yeah, you. Yeah, hand roll right yeah. in your face. Hand roll right in front of you. Uh, man, if you talk about fresh. Oh, yeah. Just, See, that's something that I definitely want to do. That would be That's something fun. I've never done before, is, is go to a, a small shop like that and watch them hand roll it. Do you, now when you go over there, do they let you like mix it, or do they? Do you have? Do you? Have, is there like a menu, or how does no, that work? No, do you no. just walk up and say, "Yeah, give me one"? This guy's in the street. I mean, basically with his little cart, okay. and you get what he's got. Okay, I mean, this is no. Uh, hey, this is this is not Burger King. <laughs> you, oh, what, you know, but you know, you know, you're getting a Dominican cigar, right? Yeah. Right. But it makes you appreciate it because they're taking their time. That's their livelihood. Yeah, that's their livelihood to make those cigars. And you appreciate that. It's yeah. not just something thrown on a shelf. Right. It's this you're paying for them to support their family. Well, and that's what I've always loved yeah. about premium cigars is machines can't make this. No. They haven't figured out a way for a machine to hand to well, it wouldn't be hand rolling, right. it would be machine rolled. Right. They have machine made cigars, swishers mm-hmm. and stuff like that, with that cigar paper that tobacco paper that they put around it. Every single part of this cigar was touched by some other human being's hand, and that's what's amazing to me is they're able to produce mass production of these of these cigars, and every single part of it is, is handmade. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, when I first moved out here, um, you know, we have acres, Pam and I, we have two acres, and a little by little we fixed the place up. And it's fairly, it looks fairly nice now, but we always had horses, and on weekends when I wasn't working, I'd take one of those horses, and um, at one point I had five, and Cassandra really got into horses, too. I raised her up. So she got into it. She was barrel racing, and it was numerous times when I could have done a million other things, but I was with her at the uh, the Jim Connors, and she's racing around the barrels, and you know it was 100 degrees out. I'm going, man, but, but you know we were there for her, and, uh, and myself, I... I love to take a I used to all the time take a horse out and just be gone for six hours because we have trails we have a trail called uh, Pacific Crest Trail it goes from Mexico to Canada mm-hmm. and this was before GPS probably to this day you could probably see the way I used to mark the trails little by little I go further out further out just exploring a lot of them turned out to be rabbit trails but I had a good horse so we'd get through anything and uh, I just go, oh, okay. I set up a bunch of rocks on the trail, and then next time I come out there, oh yeah, there's my rocks, and they okay. And then I go further and further, and then I start taking a, a tent with me, 
Um, and one time, I, Ralph, my cousin, and, and myself, we went out there with a tent, with a bottle of whiskey, and uh, we just tied the horses up. And um, we both had, we, I had my 44 on me, and you know, we don't know what we're gonna be out there. Mm -hmm. And he had his 357. <coughs> it was funny, we, to this day, we kid, we were both in a little pup tent, and we both looked at each other. This is your half, and this is my half. <laughs> right, we got to set the rules. Okay, yep. Set the rules, and uh, that's that was it. And we came back. I mean, to this day, twenty years later, we still talk about that day when we went. And we we found water, waterfalls out there, just exploring on horseback. And to this day, he has a he has a little ranch too, and he has horses and uh, animals are uh, put a joy in your life, also, you know. And then we had chickens and. You know, when I was a kid, I always thought chickens were stupid. The chickens, they always go back to their, their roost at, at night. They, they get into a habit. And if it's raining, they just go all follow each other right to the roost. And it was funny. I mean, I had three or four dogs, always had three or four dogs. And uh, my dogs wouldn't mess with those chickens. And they'd leave those chickens alone. They all coexisted. But a strange dog... I never, I never understood how they, a strange dog come on the property, a friend come visit, bring his dog, and those chickens would squabble because they knew they, that dog doesn't belong here. Right. And how in the world does a stupid chicken figure out that dog doesn't belong here? And so, you know, everything, every animal has some kind of smarts. Goats, now you got goats. Goats, yeah. goats <laughs> did not story. work for me. I tried to add goats and thinking just like you did, they were going to kill the weeds, and they would, goats ate everything except the weeds. They would eat my barn, <laughs> right. and they were going through the right. hot wire, the hot right. wire that would knock a horse down, and they'd go right through it. So we ended up not having any more goats. Well, we have them now, so yes. we'll, we'll take the pain. We'll still provide you, we'll get you some milk, though, as soon as that starts <laughs> to happen. We'll, we'll be able to provide that service for you. We had chickens, too. I mean, uh, we slaughtered one or two, and Pam would be like, uh, you know, we're going to eat him. Yeah, I guess we're gonna eat them. Well, we have we still have three chicken, three roosters that we had butchered and processed in our freezer. I still never forget the day we had uh, one rooster. We called him Elvis. This rooster was huge, beyond huge. And uh, Cassie and I were um, he'd come. He this, this rooster was, you know, he wait till you turn around and then he come chasing you. And there was one time he did that, and we were all dressed up for church Sunday morning, and he came out chasing us, and Cassie ran in the house crying. To this day, the neighbors still kid me because, I, you know, I just grabbed the first gun I could find, and it happened to be a, a Ruger Mini 14. Oh. The neighbors were kidding me. Well, we heard five shots. They were counting my kids. How many kids does he have? <laughs> <laughs> but that rooster, that was the last day of that rooster attack, and uh, Sandra was only uh, five years, you know, your wife yeah. was only five, six years old. Yeah. And uh, that was the last time that rooster ever went she, after anybody. She uh, still is afraid of roosters because of that. Oh, yeah. hate, little I hate, hate roosters. roosters too. They they just something in their mindset that they have to protect a certain. I guess they're they're good protection. Well, that's what that, I mean. That's what they're meant to do. They're right. they're meant to protect their their harem. Basically, is all their all their girls. They're going to protect their girls. Yeah, she still to this day does not like roosters. So anytime we have roosters around, I'm the only one that gets to deal with them. But she didn't mind when I was you know. 
killing them to put them in the freezer. Right. She, she didn't mind that at all. She's right. like, yeah, take it. And you know what? It's the best. It's it's the best chicken you'll ever have. By the way, lots of good flavor. But yeah, she she just still does say does not like rooster. She she talks about Elvis all the time. He was Scarter Scarter for life. <laughs> well, so we, we had to deal with it quick and fast, and that was. In the days where you could shoot your gun in the backyard, um, I, if I didn't have a gun, I would have probably got a knife. I don't know. I would have. I would have disposed. Yeah, I would have disposed. Right. And by the way, that Alec Bradley was horrible. Was it? Yep. Oh, what you just smoked? Yep. Why? Um, literally, I got to the just about what? Yeah, I saw you drop it. It's burning my tongue. It's strong. Yeah, really? they get too strong in the. On the yeah, burning it's my getting tongue. Hot. It was burning my tongue. Yeah. So I, I can't. No more. And I, I wasn't trying to go too fast, or it just it burnt my tongue, and I said, I'm done. No, I don't know what I'm, what is this, what's this called, Chip? I don't this have This is my, a Romeo E. Julieta Reserve Real. Okay. See, I don't have my reading glasses on, so I can't, I'm getting, I'm getting to the. I was to, right. To the, <laughs> hey, good guess. I was so right. This, you could, I highly recommend it. If you want just a calm, relaxed, enjoyable cigar from start to end, it's going to be basically the same. Good. It's, it's just a, a good cigar. Um, nothing fancy. Yeah. You're going to pay $20 a stick. Right, exactly. You're, you're going to pay... And they're, you know, and they're readily available. You can go down yeah. to any gas station. Mm-hmm. Most likely, that's going to be in their, in, yep. in their humidor. Mine so far has been really consistent. No changes. It's really just a... Uh, it's almost flowery. It's, uh-huh. almost, it's, it's, it's herbal. It's kind of um, floral tasting. And spice. There's not a whole lot of creaminess. There's not a whole lot of nuttiness. A little bit of woodsiness, but it's very herbal, almost fruity. It's very fruity, I'll, I'll say. Um, but it's been consistent throughout. And like I said, the construction has been so far great. The burn has been great. The draw has been great. Um, not necessarily my my avenue. It's a little bit on that. If you're looking at flavor profiles, it's on the brighter side of flavor profiles. But yeah, I. I I've been talking this entire time, haven't had to worry about my cigar going out, haven't had to worry about the construction issues, haven't had to worry about anything. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, Stay with me. I'm Stay pleased. I'm pleased. Well, I'm glad you guys have been mine. Yeah, yours apparently was bad. Not very happy. We'll have re- to review those again. I had, to, I had to relight that. Yeah, I saw you had to relight. I saw you had to fix your burn. Yeah, it's not. I don't know. It would. I mean, the, the, the flavor was good, very earthy, um, very simple. I mean, I really didn't get to much of the second, third. Yeah, you basically got halfway through, but, and you were toast. But I took that draw and it hit burnt my tongue. So yeah, I don't know yeah. if I'll be invited again because I've been dropping the ashes on uh, Chip's barn. Well, you know uh, what? That's the point. You know, you can't <laughs> take me anywhere. This is cigars in the barn. Okay. We're literally having cigars in the barn. Yeah. This is not. This isn't a lounge. That's like when you go to a restaurant and they've got peanut shells all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Kinda, I'm down. The, the feel. Yeah. Yeah, a little disappointed with that one. Yeah, I mean, Alec Bradley for me has always been a very consistent. I haven't smoked a ton. I've maybe had maybe. Yeah. 10, yeah. probably 10 uh, different Alec Bradleys, um, different blends. Um, I really liked their, uh, the Nico Puro was really good, but I like Nicaraguan tobacco. Right. It's a lot more earthy. It's right. a lot more robust. It's a lot more flavorful. Right. Um, but so far, the CAO, I would expect perfect construction from a CAO. This is somewhat perfect construction. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. Like I said, it's very fruity. It's, it's almost like uh, it's... Not quite sweet, but it's very nice. It's fruity and floral. I Chip mean, was the nice. one, who maybe I don't know, maybe ten years ago, got me into cigars, yeah. and uh, told me what to look for and what not to look for. You know, just and uh, he, I think you got me a humidor for for my uh, my birthday. Yep, and um, it's you know I learned to uh, keep the humidity at a proper level, and um, 
I actually, I, I keep a. Sh- I found the best thing, honestly, is just to keep a shot glass in your humidor yeah. and with distilled water, mm-hmm. and uh, just make sure it doesn't evaporate all the way out. Um, and that's it. Simple. I yeah. mean, they, there's those little baggy things you can buy. Yeah, and, yeah you use those uh, the Bovita packs. Yeah, they, they, you use those for a while, and you seem to like them. Yeah, they work. I mean, they, the, the bags have different uh, humidity levels on the bag, printed on the bag, right? Depending on what you want to maintain your cigars at. But a shot glass works just fine. Right. Yeah. It really right. does. Well, it's I, cheaper. Yeah, I yeah. just filled up a shot glass the other a couple days ago in mine because my humidity was going a little bit low. It's sixty seven. I wanted to bump it up a little bit. And I put a shot glass in there and it's been working fine. So you know what? Yeah. I'm I'm gonna go with what you normally do and just keep a shot glass in yeah. there. And then even if you if it dries out, it comes right back. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. You just it can revive them real quick. Yeah. I don't understand how you can wake up in the morning and feel okay with yourself. Someone else paying your bills. I, I've never understood that. Where's the sense of pride in just work? Right. It's 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 biblical. It's godly. Working is godly and biblical. Yeah. We're support. We're meant to work. I don't understand how you can generationally three or four generations now they're teaching their kids. Well, you don't need to work. You just go on the system and they'll just pay everything. And w- what is your purpose in life at that point? So I, I had the day off today. You know, did I just? Put on I Love, Love Lucy and watch sit and watch it all day. Nope. I, I went and fixed a barn door. Uh, yeah. Worked in the garage and still I could count all the things that I didn't do. Right. That mm. tomorrow I'm going to have to do, yep. which which I don't mind. I'm doing stuff for myself, and I don't have a boss saying you know look at the clock saying hey you got to get I get it done when I get it done, but I usually try to do it right. You know some things I can't fix because I just. I don't know how, but I, I get it done one one way or the other. Yeah. And, um, you improvise. Yeah. Figure it out. Little uh, duct tape and bubble right. gum fixes anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Duct tape well, and bubble gum. The good thing is now everything you just go check on YouTube and they'll tell you how to fix it. Yeah. Oh, YouTube is a godsend. Yeah. Unbelievable how much stuff I learned from YouTube. Uh-huh. Yeah, really. Honestly. Yeah. And it, it's, it's pretty practical, too. Yeah, that's why I love the way I was raised. Um, obviously, my dad was in construction. He was a cabinet maker for a long time. So my dad didn't graduate high school, but my mom graduated top of her class at a very renowned university. So we got best of both worlds. We got the intelligence, the smarts, the the analytics, all that stuff. But then we got the hard work and work ethic and skills that we can actually use. Everything that we've done around here, we've done with our two hands. Everything around here is done with a sawzall and a drill motor. Mm-hmm. And you can do a lot with that. Well, the same thing when I was a kid, you know, I had friends Knock it, not knock it on the door. But they knew to knock on the door like ten o'clock or eleven o'clock, and we go play ball. Right, we play ball every weekend. But the chores had to be done first. Yep. And we, there were plenty of chores. I mean, we were in New York, and uh, I was born in the Bronx, but we were raised up in Long Island. And he, he had, you know, he had a suburban house, but we had grass that had to be mowed, and we didn't have any power tools like edgers, and we just did everything by. We just did everything. We had to do it, and um, you know we had you know, we had a nice house and a nice property. They're and, still in and, that same house, right? Yeah, they're still. My parents have been in the house wow. for forty years, and uh, it's a great house. But see that, and that's the thing. It, it, looking at the testament of a kind of person that you are and the hard worker that you are, is you have that work ethic still because it was instilled in you at such a young age. Yeah. Nowadays, you don't have enough young ones being given that ability to understand they have that work ethic it's just basically everything's done for them right uh where that's what we're trying to instill in our kids is 
you work hard all the time and they understand you know the ability to finish chores to do those kind of things because that work ethic will will prove in everything that you do mm-hmm. not just in a certain facet of life but everything and i think that's the problem with society today is they're not doing that i had a stack of papers delivered to my um front of my garage every day and i got my bicycle and i put those papers in my uh, uh, my bicycle we had a little a bag and and uh, i delivered those papers every day uh, for years and uh, it didn't matter if it was raining snowing you just hopefully had the wind behind your back going, going right. a certain direction, right. and you felt good going that direction. But coming back the other way, you you, find, you just had to do it, you know. And I didn't have to, but uh, I wanted money you, in my pocket. You made exactly. money. Nobody gave me money. I had no. I had to uh, and have you, my paper. Route. You don't deserve money unless you're physically unable to work. You don't deserve money for mm-hmm. sitting on your butt. Yeah, I never I, I never you? asked for money. I worked for it, and then I had I mowed lawns when I was a kid too. I did use my my dad's lawnmower, but and when it snowed, we go to people's houses with a shovel yeah, and, shovel and, 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 and shovel and snow, and make a few bucks here, a few bucks there, and then you know, sixteen years, fifteen years old. Uh, local gas station right down the road. I'm that was before uh, self service. We pump I pump gasoline, and uh, for years I was pumping gasoline. And still going to high school, and then uh, I remember it'd be a snowstorm, and they'd be expecting a delivery, and you got you guess where the tanks are, and he the boss would tell you, okay, clean the tanks, and you're out there with a shovel looking for that looking little for flat. That, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, because you're in New York, yeah, it's snow. Oh, you're getting real days. snow. You're getting real yeah. snow. Yeah, so we clean the the gas station, expecting the delivery, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I never thought it was hard work. I thought it was just normal, a normal day. Normal work. Yeah. And, yeah. That, and yeah. that and that's the thing is, we we sometimes mix up what hard work actually is. Like, whatever normal is is normal. Right. You know, we used to go up if we didn't chop wood at our house, we didn't split wood, we didn't we didn't have a heater in our house. If we didn't split wood during the summer, we were cold during the winter. Mm-hmm. It was normal. We hated it because my dad would wake us up early in the morning. Okay, we got to get this wood. We got to get the split. We got to get it stacked. We got to get it ready for the winter. And we didn't understand. Like, Why do we have to do this? We're, you know, 10, 11, 12, around those ages. And we, we didn't like it, but we still did it. Then we understood, okay, now I'm cold. Light a fire. You know, it's a good thing we did it now so that we could reap the benefits later. And that's... They always say that farmers are the most hopeful people because they plant something today in hopes that tomorrow is going to be there. Right. And that's the concept is do something today so that tomorrow it's ready for you. Today I do what others don't, so tomorrow I can do what others can't. That's the saying. Um, It's doing what you need to do today so that tomorrow you're not panic buying at Costco waiting in line because... I got plenty of I got I got a garden mm-hmm. in the in the grow room ready to go as soon as the, the the weather's good. I got animals out here that have been fed every single day, twice a day. I'm up there four o'clock in the morning before I go to work feeding the animals. Why? Because one day I'm gonna have to kill those animals, put them in a freezer. Well, my cigar's done. Yeah, my cigars went out, but mine's been out. <laughs> your, yeah, yours has been out. Mine, mine, yeah. like I said, was really even all the way through. Um, I didn't have any transitions. It was fruity. It was somewhat fruity, not in a bad way. Fruity and spicy. Um, it was almost reminding me maybe of like a fruitcake, mm. um, kind of a spiced fruitcake. And no transitions, just straight all the way through. Perfect burn, perfect, not perfect burn, but good enough burn, uh, good enough draw. Well, I definitely appreciate you uh, coming in and having a cigar with us. 
yeah, yeah, for sure. It's been fun. Good, good conversation. I enjoyed your your pod, podcast. Uh, I was doing my chores this morning with my headphones on, and the time went by quick and fast. Good conversation, and uh, uh, yeah, it was great. I just before I knew it, it was over, and it, I guess it skipped automatically to uh, number two. Oh, did it? Yeah, you just kept the, going. Yeah, it just went right to number two, and you know. Uh, I like the little scene that you said. Well, your, your wife knew your uh, the quality of your cigar by the the the, the aroma that you uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that you that you, you took know. in the yeah. that you took in the house. With yep. you. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. She knows. She'll. That's the first thing she'll say. I don't like that one. Or that was a good one. That's that's usually the comments I get normally. Yeah. Pam used to say that all the time. I'd be smoking a cigar in the back patio. And she goes, "Oh, that's stinky." Mm-hmm. That one, and then other times she'd come out. Oh, that's a nice cigar. See, you yeah. can tell the difference. The, the really aroma can. of the smoke, you can really tell. Yeah. It's it's one of the something that we we review on. It's part right. of, it's part of our hundred point scale is the aroma right. of the smoke because that's part of the experience. It's not just the flavors. It's not just the construction. It's the ambiance that right. it that provides and the aroma of that smoke really mm-hmm. has that ambiance. Well, and imagine going to a cigar lounge or somewhere where you're with a bunch of people and you're like, what is that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just... Rancid. It's just not good. Yeah. It kind of clears the room. You yeah. want something that... I mean, and maybe that's their preference, don't get me wrong, but it's something that's like, I like that. What right. is that? You know, and, and I'm going to give that a try. Exactly. Know? So... It, that's why we That's why we review it. It's the beauty that's of part it. of our review system. It's a lot of fun. Smoking cigars and... Enjoying passing the time and have a good conversation. That's what we're here for. That's exactly That's what we're the, here the, for. The point of what it is and talking about, you know, our past, our future, and raising children and, and learning from other people. Yeah. That's the great part about this, too, especially somebody like you, Kenny. You got a lot of good experience and being able to kind of enlighten us on some of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, we're in weird times right now because of uh, they, they teach you to save and, and invest. And you can't always count on those investments. You don't know what this world... So you guys are doing... You're looking out for yourselves, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to sit out there and, and underneath the bridge and with a... Panhandle? With, yeah. Right. I mean, and know, hope. And exactly. hope. So you got to cover your butt. That's just how it is. 